welcome to the Hot Seat Challenge. If you're bored with the old, usual, politically correct telecom questions, and if you want to know what's behind the usual corporate claptrap, this show is for you. Join me today as I grill my victim, Andre Gilenko, CEO of Porter One. Andre, welcome to the Hot Seat. Hi. Hi. So just to get us started, huh? What's on our mind at the moment? Are the events, are they coming back? And so often they say they're coming back and then they're canceled. And obviously the biggest one of the year, Mobile World Congress. So at the moment, uh, it's still on. Fingers crossed. We're going to show up in the, in uh, in Spain and we're going to be able to meet again face to face. But I know lots of the big players are deciding to pull out. But the show is not over. The show is still going with maybe more innovative and uh, uh, a way of showing a company, maybe more space for the smaller companies. What do you think? Do you think it's going to go ahead? And if so, what does it mean for the industry? I'm here in Barcelona, so I have visibility on the internal things happening in Catalonia. And of course, the news everybody reads. And uh, so far, there's no guarantees, but it looks promising. And I keep my fingers crossed that the show will begin as it's scheduled at the end of June. And uh, what happened uh, specifically with Ericsson pulling out and this huge space in hall number two will be now occupied by Telco DR with Daniel Royston. And uh, what she's doing, they're actually putting small startups and disruptive companies in that space so they can present their solutions to customers. I think this is a great demonstration of what is happening in the industry in general. The big, huge corporations, uh, now they don't have advantage they used to have. A small company with a good product using agile development, using cloud, they can roll out their product. They can do amazing things uh, in a fraction of time. So we will see more and more of this sort of disruption. Okay. I've always thought, and more and more, I mean, uh, now there's a more and more need for the smaller, more agile companies to play a greater role in the whole ecosystem, the end-to-end you know, equation. Uh, we need more agility. We need more, more innovation. We need companies that can, are flexible. So it's perfect for the smaller players that are innovative, that have, you know, are bold, have great ideas to find a space you know, in the money-making equation, which brings us to our first question. And some, a topic that is all of our mind, day in, day out, is money. You know, where is the money? Where is the money now? And where will it be down the line? So a lot of the carriers you know, are struggling to either continue generating growth in revenue or are starting to think where will the money come from in one, two, or you know, five years down the road. So my question to you, Andre, is, is there any money to be made still? And if so, where is it? Well, the bad news is uh, there's not that much money left uh, to be earned if you just follow the traditional model. Just a few weeks ago, we received a feature request from our customer to adjust pricing table because the pricing they have for the end user, it had six decimal places. It was 0.0000 something. They were running out of capacity. That's how much prices dropped down. And in the last 10 years, uh, at trade shows, we would regularly see larger wholesale carriers, and they were obviously 
concerned about dwindling revenues from wholesale business, and they saw as an opportunity to go into retail, so to deliver services directly to the consumer. The bad news is I don't think that model is viable and profitable anymore because even on retail side, even if you go directly to the end user, the competition with other providers, always free alternatives, uh, calling from, from WhatsApp or through platforms uh, like Zoom or Slack is there. So just going to retail is not going to solve your problem. What can sustain this business is actually working and creating some vertical solutions which deliver value to the end user. So some integrated CRM and uh, calling and provisioning. So it should be a solution for business productivity or for operation enhancements. It does create, it's not as simple as well. We take some calls and we start selling them a different price. No, it requires innovation. It requires ability to do engineering in-house because it's very unlikely that you know, some vendor sitting in a different country can come up with a solution which would fit perfectly your customer niche. So from our side, we see the only opportunity perhaps for the telcos to focus on the local markets, identify customer segments, specific ones, what are the needs of auto insurance companies? What are the needs of uh, small startup teams who are creating remote offices and working remotely? And then bundling, creating solutions uh, for that. It requires engineering knowledge and being able to put together different pieces. That's why, for instance, we at Mobile Congress, we have our own booth. We also will be part of a cloud city replacing Ericsson, and we're doing this accelerator program for telco projects. If they have this idea, they want to test, they want to put different components together and see how it works. We will be creating this program to help them try it and then see what is going to work for them. Because, I mean, we've talked a lot recently in the last few years about the blurring of the lines and, and because a lot of our the people listening to us today are carriers huh? and a lot of them are looking to new new avenues to make revenue and one of them is the enterprise. And a lot of them, I think, are trying to either move their focus to the enterprise business or at least add this to their portfolio. And it's, I think it's not an easy uh, journey because it's very different to what they've always done and what they've always known. And what would be, you know, let's say I'm a carrier and I want to start thinking of addressing the enterprise business. What should they think of? What should they go after? What should they start with even? Number one is that I think uh, the one-size-fits-all approach doesn't really work anymore. So they would have to segregate those enterprises into different segments and see what are the requirements there. And uh, number two, the traditional approach five years ago, 10 years ago, an enterprise that want a new communication system, they were to put an RFP, they were to go for procurement process, and then they would get something implemented. Uh, I think everybody by now understands it doesn't really work on both sides, on the vendor side and on the procurement side. Uh, so what we see more and more, it's actually the initiatives coming from small agile project teams within an organization. So if they, a company they want some service, most likely it's going to be a department, it's going to be a project team which tries it first. And if it's successful, then it's going to be spreading out uh, for organization. So what needs to be done, so for, instead of focusing again on the procurement and focusing on the uh, presentational side, I think focus should be more, okay, 
how can you allow somebody to create, to build a solution quickly? How can you allow people to start using it, like not within a month or not within six months, but within the next week, launch something. And if people like it, it's, it's going to be adopted by the rest of people in the organization. Okay. And if you ask me what I think, <laughs> I'm going to ask myself, you know, I'm good at that, Andre, is mm -hmm. the right partners. I think to be able to help them, you know, evolve towards that target market and create solutions, as you say, verticals, for them to be able to do that rapidly, as you said, and in a flexible manner, is to have the right partners to do that. Now, my question to you is, is Porter one, one of those types of partners that will enable these carriers to get, you know, to find the money and where the money will be in the next few years? Do you think you're one of those partners? I view ourselves as suppliers of tools, shovels, wagons for people who go to find gold during the Yukon gold rush or to settle California in the early days because they don't know yet where that opportunity is going to arise. They, But we need something reliable to survive the potentially harsh conditions. We need something flexible that they can do a lot of things on their own. And they need something which will scale, which will allow them to grow. And uh, from our side, the way to support it, it's total openness, open APIs, access to the source code, and ability for the customer to build those things, to in do integrations themselves, to connect different pieces. Because in my view, the days when a vendor could come up with some idea, implement it, and then one year later, telcos are going to put it in the market, it's gone, it's too late. And even the idea of the Talco would come up with some feature request, come to a vendor and development for them. That's also, that's gone. We're moving so fast. Things have to be done like, immediately within weeks, ideally by Talco themselves with minimal assistance from a vendor. Then they're going to be first to the market. Then they're going to capture the opportunity. Okay. So I think you're doing really well. I think, uh, you know, you're surviving the hot seat pretty well, Andre. So now... It's a challenge, right? It's called the hot seat challenge for a reason. We ending up, you know, ending the discussion on a high, I hope, with our little challenge called the quick or the dead. I'm going to tell you one word and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Monetization. A lot of buzzwords and doesn't always work. Customer. Hmm. So, uh, somebody who comes with ideas. Enterprises. Complex, uh, complex sales cycle. Carriers. Uh, the pipeline, which uh, transports uh, the data, transports the thing, but doesn't always know what's inside there, doesn't always have access to the valuable things which are in, the, in there. And finally, last but not least, hot. Sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm, here, I'm here in Barcelona. I'm already starting to enjoy the summer here. I'm very jealous because I need some sun as soon as possible. So, Andre, it looks like you survived the hot seat challenge. Wasn't too painful? No, it wasn't. And I hope we can see you know each other face to face uh, in Mobile World Congress in Barcelona under the sunshine in person finally in a few months' time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you very much, Andre. Everyone, thank you for listening. 
Stay cool, be hot, and until the next hot seat challenge. Bye-bye. <laughs>